Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Everybody, welcome back to another mini episode that I call My Two Cents. And today, I wanted to tackle these common disempowering statements that we hear people say all of the time. Statements like, money doesn't grow on trees, or money can't buy happiness. You know, these statements do nothing but chip away at your healthy money mindset. Therefore, bringing you nothing but lack as you hear them more and more and more. Yet we hear these things being said all of the time, or we even say them ourselves once in a while. You know, sometimes we say them to our kids, or sometimes you say them to your spouse, or a business partner, or an employee, etc. And it's time to put a stop to them. So to do that, I'm literally going to myth bust all of the common BS money phrases that I think are disempowering. So let's start with this one. I'm sure you've heard this plenty of times. It takes money to make money. You know, you've, you've probably heard this from people that talk about investing or whatever. It takes money to make money. You know, it's generally referring to needing capital to invest in stocks or real estate or even to get a large business going. And you hear this and you immediately think, see, I don't even have a chance to succeed because I don't have any money, so therefore I can't make money. However, clearly this isn't true. I mean, as we've seen in so many of the interviews I've done, you know, Sterling who sold the car he was living in to get the coaching he needed to be successful, or Danette who had, you know, $47 to her name that was it when she started her business or Cole you know the the multi multi millionaire in real estate who you know literally went broke during the recession or Lori and I who have also been broke once you know the list goes on and on and on even my friend Lewis Howes one of the most successful influencers of our time started his business on his sister's couch with no money So you don't need money to make money. You know, guys like Mike Zeller and Cole, they even taught us on previous episodes how to start with nothing and raise capital for our businesses through campaigns like Kickstarter or finding angel investors that believe in us and believe in what we are trying to accomplish. You know, there's a great book out there called The Power of Broke by Damon John, the guy who was the founder of FUBU. You know, he's also on Shark Tank. And it talks about how you're most powerful when you don't have money to waste. So you have to account for every dollar. You have to account for every action. You know, you got to make each one last or, or count that much more. Not to mention how powerful you become once your back is against the wall. So the bottom line is it's all about how resourceful you are, not how many resources you have. It does not take money to make money. Matter of fact, that's the easy way to make money. It's about how resourceful you are, not the resources you have right now. The second myth I want to bust is one that we've probably heard growing up, maybe from our parents when we ask for money or whatever. 
money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. Well, for starters, I'm pretty sure that money is made out of paper and paper comes from trees. Or better yet, try telling this to one of our several friends who have become millionaires or significant six-figure earners in the network marketing industry. Because in network marketing, the sales team that you build and the customer base that you build is literally called your tree. <laughs> you know, even the organizational chart of a large corporation is called a talent tree. But I know that's not the spirit of what they're saying here. The spirit of this saying is that money is supposedly hard to come by. You know, it's not popping up everywhere. And I don't like this at all. You know, pretend you're saying this to your kids or maybe even you heard it as a kid growing up. When you say this kind of thing, you're programming your children that money is scarce, that it's hard to get when in fact it is not. You know, if they hear this over and over, they will become adults that believe money is scarce. And this very mindset is what's going to hold them back. This very mindset is what holds adults back all the time today. So you have to change this to an abundance mindset. One that says money is everywhere and all you have to do is work for it, ask for it, pray or meditate for it. You know, I'm a firm believer that you attract what you think. You know, you attract what you believe. And that belief has served us quite well over the years to believe that money indeed does grow on trees or that money is indeed easy to come by. You know, there isn't a day that goes by when I don't think of another way to make money. I'm seriously like an idea machine. I think of so many ways that, you know, we could make money. I actually have to kind of keep them at bay so that they don't become a distraction. But the ideas are everywhere out there once you have the mindset that it is easy to come by. So the bottom line is that money does grow anywhere that you plant the seeds. And the seeds are effort, consistency, risk, planning, and providing a service or a product that people need. Plant plenty of those seeds and money will grow up all around you, I promise. Now the next myth that I want to bust is another one that we hear all too often, and that is that money can't buy happiness. You hear people say it all the time, eh, money can't buy happiness. It's the little things that matter. I totally am a firm believer that it's the little things that matter. But I really disagree with the statement that money can't buy happiness. Now, I might ruffle some feathers here. I don't really care, to be honest. But I'm going to say that people that typically say this, this comment of money can't buy happiness, are, are typically just justifying where they are at in life. You know, it's like a form of self-soothing. Now, let me be clear. Money does not guarantee happiness. I want to repeat that. Money does not guarantee happiness, not at all. As a matter of fact, money is just an amplifier of who you already are. So if you're a miserable person, you're just going to be a rich, miserable person. Or if you're a happy or caring or generous person, then you're going to be a rich, happy, or a rich, caring, or a rich, generous person. It simply amplifies who you are at your core. But the mere saying that money can't buy happiness is just a flat-out lie. It can absolutely buy temporary happiness. It, I've got tons of examples. You know, have you ever bought a new car? 
Were you excited and happy on the day that you picked it up? Totally. Ever pay for a two-hour massage? I mean, that is pure happiness right there. Have you ever flown in a first-class seat instead of back in coach? I promise you that you are happier with three times the legroom and twice the width in your seat and the free meal, et cetera, et cetera, than if you're stuck back in coach barely fitting, squeezed in between two people. You know, I remember when my massive friend Hayden flew first class for the very first time. He said, man, I am never going back. And he didn't because it makes him happier to be more comfortable. And in the spirit of giving, have you ever given money to a homeless person? It feels good, right? Or given money to your family when they needed it. It feels great to be able to play the hero and help, doesn't it? Or have you ever attended a charity function and provided clean water or meals or shelter or education for people that need it? I mean, that shit will make you happy every damn time because you realize, A, how good you have it, and B, how great it feels to share it and to help relieve somebody of their pain. Relieving people of their pain is one of the happiest feelings on the planet, my friends. So when people say money can't buy happiness, I wholeheartedly disagree. What I think they mean is that it doesn't guarantee happiness, but it absolutely does enhance almost every aspect of life if you have it. Now, the next one that I want to bust is this. More money, more problems. Or a lot of times you hear people say, more money, more problems. I think it was even like a, a song in the 90s, possibly. You know, this one really isn't true. Trust me. I've been broke and I've been rich. And I definitely had more problems when we were broke. I mean, by far. Again, I, I think this is something that people say as a self-soothing mechanism, as a way to justify staying put, you know, as a way to not feel bad about uh, not getting ahead, but they're only holding themselves and sometimes those around them, they're holding themselves back when they say crap like this. You know, in fact, the opposite of this statement is true. When you have more money, you have more options. It's actually easier to solve problems. Kids need braces? Hey, no problem. Cut you a check. Outgrew your house? No problem. Let's get a bigger one. Cars getting old? No problem. We'll get a new one. Kind of see what I mean? I'll even take it a step further. The more money you have, the less problems you have to deal with yourself. So it's not that maybe some of the common problems go away, but hey, they're not your problem anymore. You need something fixed? Hire it out. Keep that time for yourself to do something that you might have enjoyed instead of fixing said item. Cars need washing? Hire it out. Spend that time working out or taking care of yourself. Hell, we haven't even seen the inside of a grocery store in years because we hired that out as well. I'm not kidding. So instead, we use that time to reinvest back into our businesses or back into our relationship or back into our friendships. Or we spent that time maybe on family date days. You definitely have less problems to deal with yourself when you have the money to hire it out. And have you ever been a victim of Murphy's Law? You know, Murphy's Law, it always says, you know, something's going to happen at the worst possible time that it's going to happen. Like, it seems the only times that big expenses pop up is when you can least afford them. Yeah, creating more money is definitely a sure way to keep Murphy at bay. So I will say this. The more money you have, you don't have more problems, but you do have different problems. You need more people to help you manage it. 
or now you're responsible for other people's livelihoods if you employ them. But I will take those blessings, those challenges any day over wondering how I'm going to pay for a new furnace that went out. So mo money, mo problems, totally not true. The next one, only the greedy get rich or the rich are greedy. I can't stand this one because it's a judgment of another human being. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in the habit of judging other people, it's really because we're afraid of being judged ourselves. And, you know, it's a, a bad, ugly place to be, a place of judgment. I mean, come on. All you have to do is listen to a couple of my interviews that I've already released to quickly realize that the truth is actually the opposite of this. And that is the wealthy people that I have in my life are some of the most giving people that I have in my life. You know, my wife grew up occasionally hearing phrases like, oh, that greedy bastard over there, or of course they're rich, they're greedy. And let me tell you, this really messes with a person's psyche. This really messes with the foundation of a person's money mindset. It creates a huge inner conflict that says, if I become successful, I must be greedy somehow. And nobody wants to be greedy. So you actually self-sabotage your success. You push money away. It's the opposite of what we really want to do, right? I want you to think of that old fable, A Christmas Carol. Now, here's where I really put this to the test. Sure, Ebenezer Scrooge was greedy. There's no disputing that. And he was crabby and grumpy and all that. But did he become wealthy because he was greedy? No. I mean, really think about that story once. Scrooge became wealthy because he was a business owner. He provided a service. He was the first person at his shop in the morning, and he was the last one to go working long nights. He worked weekends. He even worked on Christmas in that story. He even created jobs for his town. Now, his way of living life is definitely not a life worth living, of course, until he changed in the end of the story. But my point is that he did not get rich by being greedy. He got rich through hard work and simply happened to be a greedy person. This kind of goes back full circle to earlier when I said money will only amplify who you already are. I will tell you this. I get the privilege of running in a pretty affluent circle. You know, I must personally know over 100 millionaires easy. And I've studied and, and met a few billionaires. And I can without a doubt tell you that they are the most giving group of people I've ever met. You know, they just don't really talk about it much because unfortunately, we live in a society that has made it taboo to talk about what you give or who you give to. You know, it's like tooting your own horn. You're not allowed to do that. So these stories go untold, which is 100% the reason I started this podcast to begin with, so that these stories can get told. People need to hear these stories of successful individuals sharing and giving and doing great things so that it can inspire others to become successful and wealthy so that they can give and do great things. As a matter of fact, I can guarantee that the majority of wealthy and successful individuals became successful because of their generosity, because of their moments of giving. That giving opened doors for them. That giving created connections for them. 
that giving is why other people wanted to help them out or be around them or be a partner of theirs. If you've ever read the book, The Go-Giver, it is one of the most beautiful examples of this. And I even uh, did an interview with the author, Bob Berg, of The Go-Giver. So that episode will be coming soon. I highly suggest that you read it. So I'll sum this myth up with something I learned from Tony Robbins, and that is this. If you didn't give 10 cents when you had a dollar, you won't give a million when you have 10 million. But if you were giving when you were broke, you'll be incredibly giving once you're abundant. And last but not least, the final myth that I want to bust is money is the root of all evil. I mean, how many times have we heard this, right? Money's the root of all evil. I actually named this podcast For the Love of Money, partially because of this Bible verse, you know, 1 Timothy 6.10, where it reads, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Let me repeat that. For the love of money is a root, not the root, is a root of all kinds of evil, not of evil itself. You know, this is one of the most misunderstood Bible verses out there. People have just shortened it or butchered it to money is the root of all evil by mistake. You know, they heard it from someone, they repeated it themselves. I figured the the irony of naming my podcast in this way was one of the best ways to put this whole idea on notice. You see, the Bible did not write that, you know, money is the root of all evil or even that the love of money is the root of all evil, which would imply that greed is you know, ultimately responsible for all evil done on earth or something like that. No, instead it reads that love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. In other words, people do all sorts of evil deeds because of a controlling desire for money. You know, we've seen it all the time. People make very bad choices because they want to gain money. It's an unhealthy love of money that gets us in trouble. An unhealthy love of money that gets us in trouble. Just like an unhealthy love of working out would get you in trouble. Or an unhealthy love of Pringles would get you in trouble. Because it could be a root that grows into something else if we're not careful with it, if we're not aware of it. You know, if we had an unhealthy obsession with it. It's not the money itself that's evil. I mean, money is morally neutral. It's a thing. It's a unit of measurement or a unit of trade. It'd be like saying, you know, favors are the root of all evil because you're unhealthily obsessed with gathering people that owe you favors. It's, it's just silly. This is clearly a reference to the unhealthy behavior of becoming obsessed with money or hoarding money or making unhealthy or immoral choices in order to obtain money. But this disempowering phrase, the way we hear it butchered all the time is why some people who consider themselves spiritual or godly have such a hard time gaining or keeping wealth. This misinterpretation of the phrase causes inner conflict again, causing them to push it away or have guilt around it. And I can't think of better people to have excess money than godly people or spiritual people. I mean, think of all the good that they're going to do with it once they have it. 
I think nothing exemplifies this more than the entire tagline of my podcast, which is when good people make good money, they do great things. So let's put a bow on all these myths, shall we? Hopefully I've done a good job of busting them for you. You know, if you were raised with disempowering statements around money, it's not too late to refocus how you view it now as an adult. It's also not too late to stop saying some of these phrases if you find yourself occasionally repeating them. The more positive mantras around money that you adopt, the more money you will find comes your way. That's just the way it works. So I hope that I've, I've struck a chord with you know, either some or all of these with you. And together, we can do a better job of sharing the reasons why the world will be better off if we can all be successful together as opposed to all of us struggling together. Thanks for listening in. And remember, when good people make good money, they do great things. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.